Hello and welcome to episode number 388 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books and the first of a four-episode special event, RWA, one month later. I recorded this episode on the 23rd of January, one month to the date when a decision from Romance Writers of America was delivered to Courtney Milan, informing her that due to an ethics complaint, she was being barred from leadership for her lifetime and suspended from RWA for one year. If you were online, you may have heard something about it. Now, in that month, a lot has happened. That decision was retracted. There were many resignations, and there have been some major changes. There's also been a lack of movement, and there is a lot to discuss. So with this series, I wanted to create a time capsule of sorts to capture where we are right now, and more importantly, feature the stories and perspectives of those who were most intimately involved. Because of the timeliness of these episodes, I'm doing a special mini-series. I'm releasing this episode on the 31st of January. Tomorrow, February 1st, I have an interview with RWA past president Helen K. Diamond. On February 2nd, I have a conversation with Jesse Edwards, RWA's marketing and PR manager. And finally, on February 3rd, I have an interview with Courtney Milan. Today... I am speaking with C. Shalove, Laurel Cremont, and Diana Neal, who are the officers of SIMRA. SIMRA is the cultural, interracial, multicultural, special interest chapter of Romance Writers of America. They created a petition to recall the sitting president of RWA twice in the two weeks after the decision about Courtney Milan was made public by Alyssa Cole. Their petition was ultimately successful and led to the resignation of Damon Wade. I am so excited for you to meet the officers of Simra. We're going to hear about what happened from their perspective, and we're going to hear what a great team they are. They are incredibly inspiring to listen to as they support one another. And do not worry, if you listen each week for book recommendations, we're not only going to end with book recommendations, but we have a series of K-drama recommendations as well. Please don't forget to check your podcast feed February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd for the next episodes in this special series, RWA, One Month Later. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Alexandra Ivey, Intended Victim. New York Times bestselling author Alexandra Ivey proves her powers to terrify and titillate with a thrilling novel of pure romantic suspense about what happens when a vicious killer attempts to punish the one who got away. When look-alike corpses start piling up, one Chicago cop makes it his mission to protect that one, his former fiancé, and he'll stop at nothing to put the madman behind bars for good. Perfect for fans of Lisa Jackson, Mary Burton, Alison Brennan, and anyone obsessed with true crime podcasts, Intended Victim by Alexandra Ivey is available wherever books are sold, Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Lola, a female-founded company offering a modern approach to feminine care. They offer a line of organic cotton, tampons, pads, and liners, and they are here to make your month a little easier. You get boxes in the mail on the schedule that works for you, and it includes exactly the mix of products you choose in the absorbency levels you need. It is is marvelous. They're 100% organic cotton. There are no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. The convenience is incredible and the customizable options are great. Working with Lola has been a wonderful experience. And if you would like 30% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com and enter SmartPod when you subscribe. 
This podcast series would not be possible without the generous time of everyone who participated and the podcast Patreon. Every episode in this series and every other episode I produce receives a transcript and the podcast Patreon community helps make sure every episode is transcribed and accessible to everyone. If you would like to join the Patreon community, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges begin at $1 a month and every pledge makes a deeply appreciated difference. So special thanks to the Patreon community for their support, which helps makes this series possible. I will have links to everything we talk about, all of the books and the dramas that we discuss, and I will have links to where you can find these writers online and where you can find Simra. Let's get started with the first of a four-episode series, RWA, one month later, with the ladies who are the officers of Simra. So, hi, I'm Cisha Love, <laughs> and um, I am the past president for the Cultural Interracial Multicultural Romance Writers Chapter uh, for RWA. I currently write um, sexy, thought-provoking, um, emotional romance. And um, mainly within the romantic suspense genre, as well as romantic uh, mysticism. Oh, hello. Look at you look at throwing words down like that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow. And I've read your stuff. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you are a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll go next. Um, uh, my name is Laurel Cremont. I am the current president for Simra. I write contemporary romance and some paranormal. Those are my two loves. Within each genre, I tend to write it with a lot of snark and a lot of humor. I don't know. What else can I say? You see, I can't come up with like mysticism, mysticism or anything. Like I just have snarky heroines who like <laughs> jokes. Like I don't you need to work on that with your I don't have anything I feel fancy. like, you know, that is a week, you know, I need to work on that. <laughs> Well, I guess I will step up. Um, my name is Diana. I don't write under my own name. I write under the name Nicole Terry. I am the current president-elect past treasurer of Simra. Um, I like to think of myself as the quiet one, the shy one, um, the dark horse of our bunch. Um, y'all stop laughing. I know. I can tell. It. Y'all are snickering in the background. Um, I write. Yeah, you're so quiet. I really am. I write contemporary um, paranormal fantasy romance, although I'm currently only published in contemporary. Um, I would personally call my books um, Southern Hot Mess. Um, someone else called them comedic, romantic comedy, comedic capers. Um, your, your mileage may vary. Um, usually there's going to be an explosion because I love explosions. I try to fit one in every book along with the cherry Dr. Pepper because I kind of believe in that. I think that's it. No, I think that covers everything. We have snarky dick jokes, mysticism. <laughs> I'm going to get so many email messages after this episode. Like, tell me all the names of the books. Like, I'll, they'll be in the show notes. Don't worry. So for people who are not familiar with RWA chapters, um, can you tell me what is Simra? Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Simroa? Simra, Simra, you're saying it right. 
And what does Simra do? Is it a virtual chapter online or do y'all meet in person or uh, do you just sort of Skype and cause all kinds of mayhem that way? Oh, um, <laughs> all of the so above. I'll let the current, I'll let the current president answer for you. <laughs> um, well, because we're an online chapter, we meet mainly online. So we use something similar to Skype to have our meetings. It's how we use do our board meetings and how um, we have our general meetings with our chapter members. Um, and once a year, we would, <laughs> I'm laughing because of the, the crazy, once a year we would meet in person at the um, RWA Nationals Conference. So like as my voice drags on, because I'm like, and that's not happening this year. <laughs> so yeah, and, <laughs> so that may not that may not happen uh this year. Um, but per the the bylaws for um online chapters, you must meet once per year to hold an annual general yeah. meeting. And so most oh, online okay. chapters within RWA, they utilize the time at nationals for that AGM because that's gonna be the time where you have most of your membership available to you to hold a meeting. Um, but also Sarah, to answer your question, Simra is the cultural, interracial, multicultural um romance chapter for RWA. So it focuses on individuals writing uh, essentially multicultural romance. Um, I will say that the authors are very diverse within the similar chapter. You do not have to be uh, a Black author or a Latin author or an Asian author. You can be a Caucasian author writing characters who embody multiculturalism or in um, interracial relationships. But it, it was made so that stories featuring multiculturalism could have a voice, could have a chance, could have camaraderie. Um, and it just so happens that a lot of our membership are women of color, but you did not have to be, or you you don't have to be a person of color or an author of color to be a part of the membership. Correct. So because I write uh, romance, I have written a romance with Jewish characters, mm-hmm. that falls under multicultural, Correct. right? Correct. So I could join your chat. Absolutely. So, and you wouldn't necessarily have to yeah, write okay. um, books about, you know, characters of multicultural. We have several authors who are members just because they believe in our mission and they, what we do. So That's even true. Though there are some that don't That's write. Yes, even though there are some that don't write that way, they kind of, they offer support and um, a lot of them promote and connect and network with our authors. Because you know, what isn't our, one of our things is advocacy. Correct. Yeah, I was about to say it is also about advocacy. So it's not just about um, writing um, characters or storylines that feature multiculturalism, but also just general advocacy, if that's something you believe in. Because remember, like, in RWA, you're joining a chapter, not just for the networking, but for that camaraderie and for finding... um, a place where you can find a critique partner and things like that. So it's not, Mm -hmm. our chapter was never really meant to say, this is a chapter for, you know, authors of color. It was more along the lines of, this is a Mm -hmm. chapter where we recognize that, um, like books with characters that represent diversity are important and, and collectively we should advocate for that. So you've definitely done advocacy 
in the last. Do you guys know that, by the way, it is today is the 23rd of January. All this brouhaha, Michigas ridiculousness has only been going on for one month. It was one month ago today that RWA contacted say- Courtney Milan to tell her that she was suspended. I want to mm. say it's been a hundred months, but that's okay. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. How has it only been a month? How? Yeah. What? Mm. That, that's just absolutely bonkers to me. I do have a question because you mentioned that the bylaws require you to meet in person and you doesn't sound like you're going to go to uh, San Francisco this year. <laughs> doesn't sound like much of anyone's going to San Francisco this year. Has your chapter figured out how to address the requirement for an annual general meeting for your group? Can you figure that out? Or... Um, is that something you're talking about? Because I know that that Las Vegas has voted to disband. Other chapters are not sure what they're doing. Do you know what your plans well, are? Well, right now, um, we so in the past, actually, we've wanted to schedule a retreat for our members. And most likely, um, in lieu of attending nationals, we will schedule um, a writer's retreat for our chapter, which will allow us really? to have that general membership meeting. Um so that's awesome. most likely the vein we're going to take, but we also have, um, we have a chapter meeting in February where we'll kind of figure out the logistics of that. Like we're looking at different places. We're looking at, um, like I know my local chapter that I, I don't participate in anymore, but my local, my local chapter used to have something once a year called a super Saturday. So our thoughts so far have been trying to combine a writer's retreat with at least like one day of like workshops or something and include our general meeting. That's a very smart solution, especially with the absence created by people not going to RWA nationals. Mm-hmm. People do yeah. want to see each other in person. Definitely. Before I um, put together the questions that I sent you, I asked my podcast Patreon community of people who support the show. Um, do you have any questions for the ladies of Simra? And every single person asked me Aww. to tell you thank you. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you for your incredible hard work. Not only did you create a recall petition, <laughs> you recreated it twice. Over holiday break, gathering enough signatures on the internet during the holidays, and it was successful. And there are so many people who asked me to just tell you Thank you for what you did. It was incredible. And I hope you I hope you have received that that level of appreciation from other people because really what you did was extraordinary. Well, thank you. Yeah. And yeah, thank you. It 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 we did get a lot of thanks yeah. and 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 we appreciate it, but I I think uh Kree and I have both come out and, and said multiple times that the whole purpose of our chapter was to do things like that and speak up particularly for things like that. So I think it's also one of the reasons why when this happened, we all collectively sat back and said, we can't be silent. Um, And it's so funny that you mentioned that it it happened over um, holiday break because um, we had just the right amount of timing where we uh, C and I were on vacation. We'd just taken vacation. So we were off for two weeks because we oh, have yeah. uh, book deadlines. <laughs> and uh, Diana oh, was still working at the stop. time. So, so where, where, like, Diana, I feel like, was the voice of reason during the entire time. So while she was at work, Cree and I would just, like, just go funny. <laughs> just go, just go 
just full speed and we would get like at least <laughs> one phone like we would get in I think one or two phone calls a day I feel like we were actually calling each other like 10 times a day while mm-hmm. this was happening and Diana oh, was yeah. the one who was like hey guys so I mean have we looked at the forums <laughs> so have we looked at the bylaws so like she was the voice of reason I think keeping us on track and reminding us exactly why we were doing everything because it gets kind of wonky in that tornado you know because you're just going from moment to moment to moment oh yeah and diana is not a big fan of being on social media so she was like that one calming factor because she wasn't in the yes. middle of crazy she would okay. she was outside of the social media firestorm yeah i don't think it i don't think it would have happened if that dynamic had did not exist like if it, i don't think it would have happened that quickly if if the dynamic had happened. Yeah, I don't think it would have happened. I don't think it would have happened that quickly either. I think we we saw when it first dropped. And then I think honestly for us, um, what, what, what really called us to action was um, when the group of seven <sighs> resigned together. Yeah. So Shanta resigned first and then seven the seven resigned as a group. And so for us, uh, that was really a turning point because all seven of those members were, uh, all seven of those board of directors who resigned were SIMRA members. And so that that was a huge problem. Um, And some of those individuals we have nurtured relationships with since we've been in office they've I mean friendships exist um camaraderie is there it was really hard it was really hard to see that happen and so at that point um that's when we knew that something had to be done and we didn't we didn't believe it could just be something we tweeted or we said. Um, Laurel and Diana and I, were, we've always been about action. And so we were like, OK, how we how do we take care of this? Um, and so we started trying to figure out ways to to help. Um, and that's what propelled us to move forward and take action yeah. Um, and, and, and what's so crazy petition. is I remember that moment when I think they, so C messaged me um, because RWA had just released yet another announcement that basically told us nothing. Yeah, there were several of those. And, yes. I mean, I feel like it's been every announcement, but specifically yeah. they, all they, the only thing that had come out at that point was that they had rescinded the decision regarding Courtney. There was no apology. And there, mm-hmm. there's so many things wrong with that. So we'll, we'll get into the nuances <laughs> of that if we, whatever. But we'd already been going through the bylaws and seeing, like, if they don't respond. Well, wait, put a pause, wait, pause that, remember, because on that communication that you're referring to, that's when we <laughs> lost our shit. Oh, am I allowed to cuss? Please curse <laughs> as much as you oh, wish. okay, okay. So that communication is when we literally lost our shit because yep. it um it legit says President Swade and Diana and I oh. rolling off the 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 ret- Return of the Jedi Star Wars we're like oh he sounds like fucking Palpatine he has to go 
And can I can I tell you till this day yeah. I still haven't seen Star Wars because of this. I blame you I blame R W A. Come on. I still haven't. Come you know on. why? Because I'm behind on my deadline. So I have to dedicate all this We're freaking time. I'm oh, not allowed sh- personal time until I make my numbers. Yep. Oh, I feel <laughs> that for me too. Um, but yes, C is a hundred percent right. So yeah, so that communication was a whole lot of nothing. But the way he, the way his name was signed, and the tone from that letter, oh, yeah. it was just, it it was just like, okay, so you're not going to offer any apologies. You don't care that these seven highly qualified elected people have just resigned. And this is the tone that you want to set for this national organization. No. Yes. And at that point, Caroline Jewell um, had already stepped down. Yeah. And we already looked at the bylaws by then. And I remember somebody messaging me privately going, so should we be doing a petition? And... And we went back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, we should. So then I sent a tweet. And I'm like, I feel like it's time for a recall. I don't even know exactly what I wrote. I just know it said recall. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, yeah, recall. And I'm like, oh, crap. I guess we have to do a recall. (laughs) But that was our next, I think, 24 or 48 hours. Yeah. And the thing is, what you did is you gave a call to action to everyone who felt angry and powerless. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that letter, the, especially the one about, you know, people are being very unkind. Well, of course they're being unkind. They're really angry because you're fucking up. Mm-hmm. Like, of course. You're right. That part. Right? Exactly. And yes. So you t- you had this opportunity that you took so very well to take all of this rage and outrage and anger and feelings of complete helplessness because it was utter chaos. And then the responses coming from National were just completely unable to read the room in any room Mm -hmm. and you were like okay here's what we do here is what we can do here is where we can take power back Mm -hmm. now diana was it you who read the bylaws and was like all right this is how we recall oh no 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 no. i don't have a brain for that Mm -mm. i passed that on to higher powers um no that would that would be the deal yeah no so i was between between laurel and i yeah it was between Laurel and I. We sat down and we started to read the bylaws. And then we went into the the PPM is really where you had to go because the bylaws only stated that he could be recalled. The PPM explained how it had to happen. And that's the and policy so, and procedures manual. Correct. The policy right. and procedures manual. So um, we read over that. Um, very scintillating. Lots of romance. Very sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. at all, girl. I was so pissed. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it, you know, it was, you know, it, it was one of those things where I don't think at the time we were mad. I feel like we were more aggravated mm-hmm. um, that we were having to even use our holiday time over something like that. Oh my gosh. And yes. I know for Laurel and I, I know I had taken off, I was off from work. So I was like legit sitting at my desk about to write. My agent was waiting for some stuff from me. And I told, I had just told her I got to do my shit before LaToya gets in my ass. <laughs> and then here we go. Boom. 
Um, so it was definitely interesting. And I know Laurel was in the same spot. She literally had taken off because she had deadlines to meet as well. And so it was, I think at the time, it was definitely more aggravating. We weren't really angry per se. We were upset that at what had happened, but we had channeled, um, all the emotions that we had into just staying focused and reading the bylaws. And we were up late and Laurel's right. We were calling each other probably mm-hmm. 10 times a day on the phone. Like it was ridiculous. Wow. Um, but yes, yeah, so I definitely would say, um, I know you asked, are we still tired? Hell yes. yeah, I'm still tired. Oh, <laughs> As Laurel said, it feels like yeah, off but it, but oh. it was one of those things we had to do it. Yeah. Did you think that when you started it, did you think this is going to work? This is going to happen. This is going to be a success. Or were you sort of prepared for something to go sideways? Because I know that the first version you had to redo it and do it again, right? Well. Mm. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, so the first one we we based the collection on what we saw in the bylaws. In the bylaws, right? In the bylaws, and then we started hearing noises. People started reaching out to us saying, "Like, hey, we think that most likely it's not going to be accepted because the the PPM, the policy and procedures, has have a whole bunch of nuances. So technically, even if you've collected the right amount of signatures." If you don't do it exactly per the policy, the policy manual, they have every right to reject the petition. Well, not so, that they had every right, that they were waiting because yeah. they had been watching us. And so they were waiting to reject. Yeah, I mean... I had people saying things in the pan loops going, I don't think this is going to work. So as soon as we realized, like, I know there were at least two or three um, posts about that. So as soon as we realized that was going to be a condition, we're like, okay, we're going to scour the PPM. We're going to go, oh my God, Mm -hmm. section by section. Mm -hmm. We redid the petition. I think we redid the petition within 24 hours. And we'd already gotten 1,200 signatures. So on vacation. And it was just, we were just lucky that in the first petition, we had asked for people's email addresses. Yes, go say you did. You sent out what, how many hundreds of emails? Oh my God, it was so bad. It was a lot. And and because our email server, like, it wasn't set up for that. They thought we they were spamming people. Yeah. We had to wait to send them in batches. Oh, um, that's like just what you want to do with your vacation time is send emails and 25 <laughs> right. set batches. Sure, absolutely. Right. It, was, it, it was a hot ass mess, put it that way. Yes, so I want was. you to know that my RWA membership expired on the 31st of December of 2019. And I renewed it at like 4.59 p.m. <laughs> on the 31st of December because I wanted my signature to be valid for the recall, which I don't think had been ratified at that time. And I was so creative in my cursing as I typed in my credit card number. That was the most respectful $99 I have ever fucking spent in my life. And I exist for this next year, for the next 360 however many odd days, I exist to be a royal pain in the ass to make that $99 worth it. (laughs) What's really interesting, like so many people have told us that, that I think this will probably be the first year in a very long time for people who have who remain um, members who are literally t- asking RWA 
what are you doing for me? And I think this is the first time yes. in a long time that people are asking that question. Because yes, yes. a lot of us kind of took advantage of the fact that, oh, it's it's a place for all writers mm-hmm. to get together. And I will say one thing, going through those bylaws, no, RWA was supposed to be doing a whole lot more for us all this time. They have not been. Yes, and they have not, especially when you consider the Dream yeah. Spinner issue with um Yes. Yeah. Some of, and, and there are some really close friends of ours who are affected by that. Um, so when you consider the fact that they had reached out for assistance and assistance had previously been given, you know, to issues with Sam Hain and Laura's Cave, Cocky Gate, you, you know, they, they have been an advocate for their authors. And then to think when the whole Dream Spinner press issue, they had been dead silent. So, you know, it was just one is this one of those things that kind of just made people aware of the benefits that we were supposed to be getting that we were not getting. But now we're questioning if we even need them for it, because a lot of us have formed so, so, so many substantial relationships that honestly, we may not even need them in our WA per se. Um, to continue to grow and develop and, you know, fellowship with our fellow authors. That's what I said when I was asking, you know, who does RWA serve and does it even know at this point? And the trick, mm-hmm. the, the, the horrible trick is that in order to be a chapter member, you have to be a national member. You can't just right. start a chapter. You have to be a member of national. A lot of chapters have to encourage people to have an opportunity to stay through the transition. They've lowered their dues. Mm-hmm. Um, before I left office, we lowered the dues to a dollar for Simra, and it used to be twenty five. Um, so a dollar due makes it um, makes it a little more easier to you know tolerate and see what is taking place. Um, so that you can still feel like you have a community of people that you can talk to while this is happening. So this is a hard question. What would you guys like to see happen next? As of right now, um, (laughs) as of right now, there's an interim director there. The executive director resigned, but is still there temporarily. But what would you like to see happen next? Who wants to go first? Who's the most tactful? I'm going to let you go first. C's <laughs> got it. Yes. <laughs> it's going to uh-huh. set, uh-huh. set the tone. Oh, God. Y'all are funny. Um, <laughs> I will say, and I'm not going to speak for Laurel and Diana, but um, I will say what I personally w- would like to see happen is that I, I would honestly like to see a special election occur. Um, it's not exactly written into the bylaws, but I think because membership is at a point where we don't trust leadership, we need to be able to have a democratic process to where we get a say in who we want our leadership to be. Um, and in part of having that process, every single last person on that board needs to be gone. Every last one of them. Um, there are people on that board who do not even have chapter leadership experience. There is a person on that board who writes reverse racism. There are people on that board who have been condescending and have always used very um 
very bitter tones and came off as being uh, having microaggressions in the pan loop. All of those people need to be gone. Um, nobody trusts them. At least nobody within the circles we run in trust them. They were all appointed by Damon except for one. The only person who was not an appointee is Hannah Reese. Everybody else was appointed to that board and everybody else needs to go because that is not the will of the membership. So I would just like to see them gone in a democratic process. I'm actually very happy about Leslie. Um, Leslie Scantleberry has always been an advocate and an ally to members. She's a remarkable person. She's upstanding. I do believe she will help to um, move them in the right direction. But right now, that is the only good thing that I see that has happened at Nationals. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with everything you just said, and um, just add that you know I'm the Gemini of the group, so I'm the one who's constantly going from the the standpoint of oh yes, like let let's let's wait mm-hmm. and see, versus let's put it to the ground. So that's why I fluctuate mm-hmm. to like from second to second. I am uh, I am also a Gemini. I know all the words to that song. <laughs> Burn it down. No, wait. Burn it down. No, 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 no. Wait. No, wait, 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 wait. Put the match down. No, 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 no. We got to burn it down. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is why having C and Di- Diana yes. um, around have always been so great for me. It's a great um, balance. Um, so I will say that um, everything to what C just said, but I would also say a feeling that I've always felt exists in RWA is the fact that they, they use the words to say, you know, um, these are our ethics and these are our values. Yet uh-huh. they don't hold anybody accountable that right to that. There. There's so no. Yes, thank we, you. Yeah. So whenever somebody calls out bad behavior, exactly. Whenever anybody gets called out for bad behavior, Um, what the person who's doing the calling out is told is, well, we need, we need to wrap our arms around this person and show them the way, which may be nice, which makes no sense because now you're asking the person who's Mm -hmm. been hurt, harmed, or offended Mm -hmm. to help the person who has who is the offender. Yep. And that creates, be nice. uh, yeah, it creates a horrible, it creates horrible optics. And all it does is teach the person who is constantly causing offense that it's okay, I'm going to get a pass. There's, we don't have like a two strikes, you're out, three strikes, you're out. We have an infinity strikes. You can just keep on offending. And as long as you write, as long as you write the words, I'm sorry, this offended you. (laughs) It's okay. And half mm-hmm. the time they don't even do that. You know, I'm sorry that it's I'm sorry you found this offensive. Not not even taking responsibility for the fact that they've said something offensive. And so for me, one of the steps that RWA really needs to take is start ha- holding their members accountable to the code of ethics and the values that they say they uphold. Until they do that, then it's never going to be a safe place for anyone. We're in RWA, not for politics. We don't want to. Dis- we don't want to be discussing diversity. Mm-hmm. We want to be discussing writing. We want to be discussing our career. But if all of that somehow enters this sphere and there's nobody there to say, "Okay, that's wrong," I, there's not basic moderation within RWA. 
No. Just bare bones. Mm-mm. But Sarah, I was on educated was on your, moderation. Correct. I was on your blog. Ugh, I want to say like a couple weeks ago. Again, everything's a blurb. But <laughs> what is time anymore? <laughs> exactly. How is it still January? <laughs> <laughs> but on the uh, you have a post regarding the situation at RWA and there mm-hmm. is a particular person that kept on coming up in the comments and real quick you checked them and then they came back and did it again and you're like okay well thanks for thanks for coming <laughs> bye bye and they were they- actually I remember writing that because my kids were like oh my god mom you have angry face <laughs> because what I wrote was what did I just say? You are not welcome to bring this bullshit. What did I just? My kids are like, "Oh shit, mom's mad." And I'm like, yeah, "I'm just mad okay. at the internet, kids. It's okay." Yeah. But it, look how simple that was. You checked the person. You told them like, "Hey, this is not the space for this." Like, no, show some respect. They came back, mm-hmm. did it again, and you're like, "Okay, well, thanks for coming. You are now barred." Like, that's it. Yep. And yep. RWA is it's impossible for them to grasp that concept. And I don't know if it's a combination of not wanting to hurt people's feelings. And and this is me giving people the de- benefit Aww. of the doubt because I know part of it is because there's some people who agree with these with some of these offensive things. But assuming <laughs> it's not about I, I want to believe it's just the fact that they, they can't grasp basic discipline. That's the nicest thing I can say, that they can't grasp basic discipline and moderation. I, I think that be nice mandate has operated in romance for so long, but you have to be able to say, this is okay and this is not yeah. okay. Right. And the idea that everyone has to be nice, we all have to be kind and respected, that's just maintaining a status quo of a power differential that puts everyone mm-hmm. in the margins at risk, and it's not okay. Well, I think, too, it, you, you know, it's the whole nice white ladyism situation taking place because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it, it's, it's hard to police a person who's attitudes, behaviors, and beliefs may be that of your own. And so that that's where that lack of moderation comes in. Um, and, of, and if you think about what happened with Courtney, that's why it made it so easy to, you know, bring up a complaint and try to get her thrown out, if you will. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, we keep hearing and in some of the groups that we're in right now, we keep hearing people talking about, oh, DEI and training. And, you know, one of the things that people always have to understand is this beyond DEI and training. You, you, you can't change a person's core beliefs, you can make sure that they have a standard. And if you hold them accountable for the things that they do, then that's then that's where it begins. Because if there's no consequences, the, the behaviors are going to continue to perpetuate themselves. And RWA, even if they rise from the ashes of this situation, will be back in its same place within the next few years. Mm-hmm. And I... <sighs> When you don't check someone's racism or anti-Semitism or Islamophobia or or, yeah. or or homophobia, when you don't check that, what you're saying mm-hmm. is it's okay. Mm-hmm. And when you create an air a space where that's permitted, I I like like you, Laurel. I have that that sort of oh, you know, let's give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no, nope, burn it, burn it all down. I have that I have that push pull all the time. And more and more, I think, no, people actually know that what they are saying 
is wrong. Correct. And the beliefs that they are holding is wrong, but they've recognized where they can and can't say these things and act this way out loud. And I don't like that RWA is a space where it's allowed for people to feel safe to act that way out loud with their whole face. Like, no, Mm -hmm. no, 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 I did not pay 99 whole entire dollars (laughs) to be part of that. (laughs) Now, Diana, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do want to ask you, what do you want to happen now? You want to burn it all down? Is it time for s'mores? (laughs) I love a good s'mores bonfire. Well, marshmallows have been mentioned. Um, This is kind of where I'm in. I'm in a. I'm in the the quiet spot because um, I I'm not in a good place. <laughs> um, I have actually entered the burn it down camp. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is this is the way we've always done it. Let's let's keep the you know this the, let's maintain some tradition. You know we need to respect this, and I understand that. Um, but I feel like in this oh case, oh my god, I wish you the, could see my face right now. I I, I get it. I yes. get it. But on the other hand. Um, I'm also, um, and forgive me here. I just want the big giant hand, like either it's a green hand from space or Jesus himself just to come down and just start swooping some ass, um, at nationals. Um, I don't, (laughs) you you can, you can take that however you will. Um, this we've stagnated. Um, we've, we've fell into this big hole that, you know, this is the way things are done. You know, we seem to regurgitate the same people, um, Mm -hmm. the same ideas, um, and I think it's time for a, a, mm-hmm. a complete change of things. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know what this means. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> um, um, sometimes, uh, most times I can usually see both sides of this. But for a while now, I have been, you know, in our in our t- text conversations, one of my favorite gifts is Daria watching things burn. Um, I use that one a lot. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I have I have entered the burn it down camp just because, you know, we live you Actually, live in the my favorite one was the one with my favorite one that you recently sent was the one with Homer Simpson oh, yeah. burning the bridge and yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that was a good one um, but you know we live in the mountains you know and I, w- I won't be a, I'm not an authority on the outdoors but you know sometimes you have to burn some things for better things to grow um and that's that's where I have I have reached that stage I mean I don't know what and this is something we've discussed amongst ourselves, too, is, you know, how can we, you know, say, well, you know, what change can happen for us to know that RWA has has made the strides that they need to? You know, what do I need to see before I feel comfortable saying, OK, let's do this? And I, I don't know. Um, it's something I ask myself daily. It is something I ask them. You know, they say I'm the voice of reason, which is a freaking lie. You know, <laughs> it's a freaking lie. Um, well, when you're not when you're okay. when you're not in burn it down mode, <laughs> when I'm not in burn it down mode, um, I just I mean I don't know. I do not know either. I am in a very similar position to you. I I know that this is untenable and it is unacceptable, and mm-hmm. I don't want to lose what what the what the organization on the national level is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that, but I don't see how to get it back, and I don't see how to go forward either. But I also have not read all of the bylaws and the and the very sexy, incredibly erotic policy and procedures manual. <laughs> I have not read all that, so I don't know all the details. Um, now, I know that this experience had to have been extremely draining, and I want to ask you, what do you do to take care of yourselves at a time like this? And in general, when you're writing, what do you do to look after yourselves? Because what you did was really, really hard. 
Sorry. Sorry. I'll let Laurel go first. Laurel, you go first. Thanks. Um, I I I will admit that I think um, I think it was two or three days after no, like four days after the petition was sent. Um, I had a complete power down moment. I'm usually incredibly energetic. Mm-hmm. I'm that person who, if the sun is out, I'm awake. It doesn't take me ramp up time to yes, get up in the morning. Is. I'm just up. And oh. I've, shared, <laughs> I've shared a room with these two ladies oh. so they know. If, like, if I'm awake, I'm up doing things. Um, but I had a day where I, I really felt like all systems down. And I um, completely vegetated. I watched all of The Witcher in one sitting. I I, I became one with my couch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Henry Stop talking about my baby daddy, Laurel McLean. Anyway, <laughs> there was some nice gifts of him too on that. There were. I mean, to be fair, I have watched it two more times for actual plot and recognition since then. Um, but um, I did. I actually know the plot now. I'm very proud of myself. Um, mm-hmm. And after that, really, it was just it was believe it or not, it was reading. Reading again helped. Um, and then a couple of K-dramas. But I will say reading because uh, that reading has always been a really great escape for me. So after I got, you know, I, I pepped up for my power down. Uh, the first thing I did was open my Kindle and start reading. And that really, really helped. And then I had to go back to work. So it was kind of like, I had like that day and a half of get myself right, that I ran right back into work. But since then, it actually, I've been trying to dedicate Right now I have a writing deadline and normally I would write in the morning and the evening, but I've been trying to dedicate every other um, evening with some actual self-care. So whether it's like rewarding myself with a couple chapters of a book or rewarding myself with by saying tonight I'm going to watch those like three episodes of a K-drama, then I'll do that because I think mentally I was just completely drained. Um, But I feel like I'm, I'm relatively back to normal, but... I've also had to take a bit of a social media break because I don't think I've been on social media that much in my entire life than I was in those two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really easy to get back in the habit of looking at yeah. it. Every seconds, <laughs> I was right? like, oh, nope. yeah. So I had to, I it silenced, is, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I muted a lot of conversations I was in on Twitter and at one point, I had to completely uninstall Twitter from my phone because I realized that I was obsessively checking. Whoa! Um, but it was one. Of, it was one of those things. I had to detox mm-hmm. myself, and now I feel a little. I, I feel a little better now. Now I'm still checking mm-hmm. in on things, but I feel like I also. It's not that the sense of urgency isn't there because, in some ways, I almost feel like it's more so now because now that the petition is, is over, Damon is gone, and these things are happening now for me the sense of urgency is can rwa be saved whereas before we were trying to get it mm-hmm. to the point where we could ask that question if that makes any sense no that makes total sense absolutely diana what about you what do you uh, do well, to look after yourself <laughs> um i um i'm a very selfish individual um they, they can both tell you that i never left the self-care aisle this time last year, I fell into an East Asian television hole and never left. 
Um, <laughs> but I don't do social Valid. media if I like at all. So that helps. Um, but I will say, you know, besides the overindulgence um, in um, East Asian television, again, K-dramas, love them. Um, the biggest thing for me is I'm addicted to my email. Um, I'm tied to my email either through work, you know, it's on my phone and the pan forums, the forums that the, my inbox are just, it's, I mean, I'll be frank. It's Mm -hmm. a bunch of the same shit every single day. You've got the same people saying the same stuff. And then the other people saying, but no, 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 that's not what was meant. No, 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 no. And it's just arguing back and forth. And I don't have time for that. Um, because it's just, it's frustrating, you know, and I feel bad for the people who are, you know, constantly defending because it's work. Um, I just, I don't, I don't do social media anymore and I don't, I don't check my pan forms. I just kind of just go click, 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 click. Um, and then of course, you know, console myself at 3 a.m. with a Thai drama, perhaps. I don't know. I think not being on social media is a very good form of Mm self-care. Because I mean, Twitter can be a very toxic id. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm not one of those yeah, individuals who works well without an editor and like 30 minutes to mull over a response. And with certain types of social media, you need to be able to be quick witted, you know, quick with your responses and fast with your thumbs. And I'm none of those. I am <laughs> um, not. I'm, fast with your thumbs. It's well, so true. <laughs> I mean, everything I do is on my phone because I'll admit I don't have the Internet at my house. Um, so everything I do is via my phone. And so if I can't do it within a, you know, so many characters, which is why I love gifts because they're usually, you know, my brain tied to my thumbs. Um, I just, I'm tied to that. I don't want to do anything that, you know, we'll just come back to home. You are a master at sending, um, images though. You're like, you're capture. I'm, so I'm a giver of, I'm the giver of gifts. I am. Yeah, she really is. See, what about you? What do you do to look after yourself when everything is on fire? I I actually meditate. Um, So I usually, yeah. So I usually just, you know, kind of meditate in the mornings to kind of reset the day. And I will say after everything that happened with the whole RWA shitstorm, I'm just grateful that I was around family during the holiday season. You know, they could always kind of, you know, they bring the stress levels off. So my two children, my husband, our little dog, you know, just taking time to be with them and um, usually to recharge my my, my, my yeah. riding brain. I like to go run or go, go walk. And that usually starts the ideas into coming back and I'll start listening to music and then I can get back into the groove of things. I will say with the social media, I too had to let it go. Um, I'm not a big social media person. I really actually (laughs) hate it. And Laurel knows the whole time I complained that I had to be on social media because I really, I'm, I'm, I'm just not that person. I just feel like it disconnects people from the people in front of them. So, um, you know, not really being on social media, meditating, and just just taking time to be with my family. It, it, it's it's really good for me because it helps me to recenter and focus myself and my energy. It can be very easy to think, okay, this thing that's in front of me is the whole world. Yeah. yeah. And it's important. And what you did was absolutely vital. And I think that when people look at the history of RWA, whether it continues or whether it ends, what you did is going to be a truly important part of the history of the organization. 
um, it's that is that is not to say that social media and the interaction of people is the only thing that matters. There are other mm-hmm. parts of your life that need to be in contact with those parts as well. And it's very easy to lose sight of that when everything's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my God, did you see this? And for a while there, it was every 25 minutes, something else horrendous was happening. It made me grateful my bosses at work were very understanding. As I said, I was at work during this period because, um, you know, I work... I work for the state and you don't get holidays like you do everywhere else. Um, And I was very grateful because at one point I looked at her and said, I'm going to have to be on my phone a lot. I apologize in advance. And when I explained to her what was going on, she was like, okay, do what you do. I was grateful. Listen, this part of my world is burning down at the moment. I need to either figure out whether to get Tinder or to get a hose. One of these two things. Uh Now, Mm-hmm. I will always ask what you're working on as a writer, what you're reading, but several of you have mentioned K-dramas <laughs> and Thai dramas, and I want to ask you for recommendations. Is there one that you oh, recommend? No. <laughs> oh, just open Pandora's box. Why did you, oh my gosh. Diana, calm down. Keep it at a minimum. <laughs> Please, Diana. It's funny because we love you. I will keep it calm. I will keep it calm. But it's funny because what is it? What was it last last summer? See, it was like we were. She was texting me something, and she's like, "Well, have you heard of this?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it took me three weeks to freaking download that thing because of the internet." And you know, I'm texting her, and she finally says, "No, no, no, hold on." And she calls me. She says, "Here, I'm going to put you on the phone with my hairdresser because she was wanting to talk to you about this. I have no idea what's going on." (laughs) because i have i've i'm a really big fan of the weird Go ones off. not just the weird ones but like the dramas that just make you cringe and your heart clench and your brain go huh Oh, oh, but I, I will save mine. Um, I, I, I know Laurel finished one because we were talking about it. Yesterday. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, also, I feel like your list is way longer. <laughs> Diana well, has an exhaustive list. Yes. Well, I'm a, lab- I'm a librarian in my day job. So one of the things, you know. You curate. You when people ask me, you know, oh, what do you have this? Yeah, I do. Thank you. I'm going to use that word later. I'm a curator. Yes, you are a curator. curator of drama. It's not an obsession if you're a librarian. It's curation. <laughs> Absolutely. It's called research if you're a writer. Darn it. <laughs> research. All right, Laurel, which one do you need to tell um, us about? So the two, like one was a fantasy that I really liked and I got obsessed with until the very end. It was the the Bride of Habeck. But oh. I think it's also, depending on where you are, it's also the Bride of the Water Demon. Um Aside from the yes. fact that, as as usual for these dramas, everybody's beautiful. Even the people who are not supposed to be beautiful, who they're trying to convince <gasps> us are disgusting looking, oh. are beautiful. He so good <laughs> in that makeup. Oh, he did. <laughs> um, and I I tend to like a lot of fantasy, so I really liked this particular one. Uh, it's basically about a water god who i guess he's been told he's going to be the god of gods but he needs to complete a mission in the world of humans and whoa he you know passes over the threshold and ha ha ha, ha falls in love with a human so <laughs> oops. oops yeah <laughs> uh and it's i actually really liked it because the 
um, because the water god is that asshole hero. And he he's just so oh. conceited. I, like, I, that's like catnip for me. I'm like, oh, look at him. Look at his mouth twitching because yeah. he wants to smile, but he knows he shouldn't. But he wants to so much because the heroine makes him smile. Like that that gets me every time. And so then after that, I watched um, Cinderella and the Four Knights, uh, which is, and I know I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, but I'm I'm not even gonna bother trying it. Uh, no, I'm gonna try it. The Chabel Chabel airs. It focuses on these three Chable. grandsons. Wow. Chabel, was that right? Yeah. So it focuses on three grandsons. Yeah. Conglomerate heirs. Yes, conglomerate heirs. <laughs> these three grandsons um, who are heirs to this huge conglomerate, and basically they've just been behaving badly. And the grandfather hires this super spunky, no holds bar. Um, girl who to to basically um get them in line so she's only 19 or 20 i think when this all starts and obviously all three of the grandsons are hot because why wouldn't they be and exactly they're all hot and rich which i think i think romance authors gravitate towards k dramas because they duplicate what we read already (laughs) like Oh yeah! It's so funny that these three grandsons are all the same age. They're all super rich, and oh my god, they're all eligible! Wow. <laughs> um, yes, we call those sequel bait. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, oh, she yeah. ends up falling falling for the guy. For the I think there's actually only one sweet grandson, but the grandson who was a particularly like the douchiest grandson is the one she ends up with because of course he didn't mean to be a douche. He was just like a douche until she, she made him not one. And, (laughs) and I loved it. And I don't, I, I can't explain these things. (laughs) I can, I can, because this is, those are my two. This is my wheelhouse. This is my wheelhouse because you know, I know (laughs) I've, I have thought about this. Like you just don't know because these two girls are always on me with text messages. Hey, did you write in your book? Hey, did you do this? And I'm like, no, of course not. I was busy. Research. So I've had to come up with numerous excuses <laughs> to justify me watching this this like high level of East Asian television. Like I have like six apps on my phone. Should we just do a, a whole separate episode of you talking about dramas? You oh, you should. Because she's like, watched like, all of them. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh I, really, I tried to present, you know, before all this went down, um, a writing workshop for nationals on how to add C-drama and K-drama elements to your writing to kind of like make them pop, which I thought I had to, yeah. stop, I had to stop myself from that because I thought, okay, this, this, I might need to need to step back from this. Um, but I would, I would happily do that because it's an obsession for me and I'm lucky enough that I have, um, no, um, impulse control. So I just let myself go <laughs> with whatever. Um, yeah. I'm a, I'm cool. Well, you know, if you hold that retreat, you could make a whole <gasps> section of it. Seat. Yes, she tells me all the time that, that I'm a hot true. mess, that I'm just a big, giant hot mess. And I'm like, I know, but it's okay because I'm not hurting anybody. <laughs> so I want to ask each of you, what are you working on with your writing? And what book do you want to tell people about? Anybody can go first. It's open floor. See, because I've read your one something you're working on and I'm really excited about it. Yes, I'll go first. I have two projects right now. Um, one project is um, 
It's a contemporary with uh, suspense elements mm-hmm. featuring Black Ops, um, interracial romance. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that one. Um, and the other project that um, a lot of people are really excited about is um, it's a royal story. Um, it's a reunited lovers romance slash um, secret mm-hmm. baby slash prince and alpha male. And yeah, so I'm really excited about those two. Um one will the, the the romance suspense that'll be in about a year that it comes out and similar to the reluctant queen um so i'm excited about those two things um what i'm reading i actually love paranormal slash fantasy romance it's like mm-hmm. a huge <laughs> orgasm for me to read those kinds of books um and so one of the books that i one of the books that i picked up that i'm reading is um, Ghost Bride by Yang Shishu. I am in love with this story. Um, It's a really... You know they're making a drama out of that. Oh, I saw it on Netflix. I have to go, but um, yes. so I'm Netflix. Uh-huh. yeah, so uh-huh. I'm really I'm really excited about that um about watching that story um because it delves into ancient Chinese mysticism and the whole ghost bride um culture that they have and so it's always cool to learn something else of different cultures but also get that fantastical element uh so it's actually really good I really like it and I am looking forward to watching the Netflix um original that they've recently released once I finish the book uh we all know my my love of drama um and so, okay, I'm trying to think whether or not to talk about the books I'm reading or the projects I should be working on and probably... Tell us your pieces first. Okay, okay. Um, I actually have got two in progress. Um, one is a book that is this, the second book in my Love in the Fast Lane series through City Owl Press. Um, my editor has been very, very, very patient with this. Um, I hope to have it finished someday. So, you know, because again, there's going to be car explosions and, you know, hot mess wrangling. You know, she gets right now, I've got her set in the middle of the woods. She's getting chased by ginsengers because that's a thing, apparently. Um, so that's, that's one. I, I'm telling you, I love a good explosion. Um, the second one is um, the project I'm working on, um, the collaboration with Liz Pelletier um, from Entangled. Simran did a, an author incubator program. And Laurel and I were one of the five chosen. We got the option to work directly with her and on a collaborate on a project. And so far, what she's calling it small town comedic caper. Um, it will be most likely set in West Virginia. <laughs> um, there will be some drama, um, some hot mess antics, um, a heroine who um, Liz having to rein in because she seems to go off the rails like somebody else. I don't know. Um, so that's that. Actually, that would be- <laughs> sounds really um, sounds really fun. Right? right? Although I don't know that she let me have a, a car explosion in there. Is her name Diana? <laughs> no, no. Although no, we won't talk about that. Um, that book is that will be due soon and will come out next year. Um, and then my reading, my reading again. 
this is the part I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say I'm a little more excited because again, I love drama. I feed off of drama. It's my catnip. Um, there are, there are three books. There are three books. One is one that, um, a friend of ours recently told uh, us about. Yes. No, I hit the buy button as soon as she said, you guys, this is a hot mess bananas plot with an impreg alien or demon baby. You know, I'm like, click, click, click. <laughs> yes. And I was trying to tell someone else about it today. And they're like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Impreg? Yes. Male pregnancy. It's like, how does that work? I was like, I don't know, but that's the best it's part. The demon horde of hell needs somebody to have its babies done. <laughs> yes. As you do. I mean, right. I mean, he's the delivery guy, as you do. Um, the other one, the other two, one is a book called Malice. Um, one of the benefits of, I'm recently discovering about being an entangled author is that, you know, you get entangled um, arcs. And I got one of, it's called Malice by Pintip, Pintip Dunn. Um, oh, it nice. is a own voices. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like oh, the Terminator and When You Reach Me by Rebecca Stead, which is a book I loved. And Own Voices. The hero the hero is he's Ty. It's like all of the things that I love right now. High drama. She goes like, you know, this this girl hears a voice in her head and telling her that she needs to do this if she wants to prevent this big massive like virus from hitting the world. Um she needs to tell or she needs to do this. And she's not quite sure who in her class is going to do it, but she only can listen to the voice. She goes to the future. She comes by the past. It's like, it's, it's bananas. And I'm all about the bananas. <laughs> and the last one, the last book is a, another arc that I got an advanced copy of. And the C and Laurel can tell you, I sent a text message out to our group saying, um, the book is called Something, Something to Talk About. And it's by Meryl Wilsner. Wilsner? Um, it's a, um, Female, female romance. Um, again, they've they're they're working partners. They work together. One is the assistant to the other, and I think she's an actress. Um, she's older, which really I don't see a lot of. But there's this rumor in town going around that they're dating, that they're a couple, and they're not. But the more they hang out together, the more it occurs to them that hey, this person knows me. Oh hey, this person is all about this and knows me like this, and I'm like. <gasps> This is a K drama in a book format, and I want it. <laughs> I want it, and I got—I was lucky enough to get an arc from Berkeley, which again, kudos for being a librarian. So, uh, Diana mentioned that we were part of the Entangled Incubator program. So, yeah. I do have a book coming out June 2021 with Entangled, titled Rebound Surprise. I'm really, congratulations! Excited. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's got elements of um, Pride and Prejudice mixed with uh, Sabrina, if you've ever watched Sabrina the movie. Um, So I've got a Darcy character who's who's Cuban-American, and I love him so much. One of the movies I watched on loop throughout this whole thing was, like, I think I started off with Pride and Prejudice, switched to Jane Eyre. Um, Actually watched Jane Eyre about three times because I was in that dark of a place and then went back to... Uh, Pride and Prejudice, but which version? Which version uh, oh, the only good one. Hello, Colin Firth. Well, like I don't understand how that's a question, but um, <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited okay. about that book. Uh, it takes place in Miami. It's a contemporary romance. I'm gonna credit um, C for encouraging me to submit this book because she was my critique partner. And she was instrumental in, in giving me the confidence 
um, I needed because I'd been working on that same story for the longest time and tweaking it over and over. You mean a swift kick in yes. the ass? I needed, I needed the kick in the ass, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she is good at she that. Is. She is good at that. And so I submitted it and I was so excited when I found out that I was one of the writers chosen for the incubator program. And um, it's been great. It it really has. And so it, it's been good to 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 hear people also like the story. So I'm excited that it, it's going to be um, published next year. Um, so that's what I'm currently working on. Uh, what I'm currently reading. Um, so to Diana's point, it, it, it's fun being an entangled author because then you get access to these books. So um, the I read The Beast of Beswick by Amelie Howard, which by I freaking love this book. Oh, and, yeah. And I will say, I think it was yeah. Adriana Herrera who um, she was doing like a live tweet of when she was reading. What, what historical was she reading again? She was reading this. Oh, that Loretta Chase book. A couple like right before this whole RWA mess happened and she oh. was live tweeting her reactions. And I ended up reading that uh, something scoundrels. Lord of scoundrels. Like Lord of scoundrels. There you go. That's I ended up right reading there. that, and then Ugh. Beast of Beswick came out, and I'm like, well, I have to read this because now I'm in the mood for historicals, and right now, um, because I'm still in the historical mood, mm-hmm. I'm reading um, The Bittersweet Bride by Vanessa Riley, which I'm loving so far. So brilliant. Those are the books. Those are the last three books I've read. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your time this evening. And thank you so much for what you did. It it chaps my ass mightily that you were erased from so many of the narratives about what happened. And I did not want to miss an opportunity to say, look at what you did. It was incredible. And thank you so much for the work that you did. And that brings us to the end of this episode, the first of four I want to thank C. Shalove, Laurel Cremont, and Diana Neal for their time and for their efforts to help RWA. Don't forget to check your podcast feed February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd for the next episodes in this series. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to our Patreon community, whose support will make transcripts of this series possible and who make sure that every episode is transcribed. And thank you very much for listening. I hope that these episodes are informative and thought-provoking. And as always, I wish you the very best of reading and a wonderful weekend. I will see you back here tomorrow. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.